Welcome to Cultivating Our Space Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tasha. This is the introduction episode. We'll talk about what the podcast will be, and I'll talk a little bit about who I am. Welcome to Cultivating Our Space Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tasha. Thanks for tuning in. This is our first episode. I'm looking forward to starting this journey with you. In this episode, I'll discuss why I created this podcast, what you can expect from it, and I'll share a little bit about who I am. Cultivating Our Space was created to help women find our space and make our seats at the table. What does that mean? For me and from my experience, finding our space, our finding fit, is about comfort and ownership. I found my space in higher education. I was a consultant right out of college, uh, but it didn't really fit me for various reasons. And maybe I'll talk about that more in in a future episode. Uh, I wanted to make an impact on people and be able to see the results of my effort. And I get that daily with working with college students. They go off and do amazing things. I can see the energy that I pour into them and the result of all of their hard work. I couldn't see that same result when I was a consultant um, creating training for software for an electric company. Like I couldn't see anyone really benefiting from it in the same way that I see the students benefiting from my work and doing great things. Also, as a Black woman, it was important for me to find space where I could see someone who looked like me in various positions. I see that in higher education. I didn't see that um, in the consulting world and especially at the client sites. Making our seat at the table is more than just taking our seat. It's about building a legacy. It is about that, you know, theme of empowered women, empowering women. It's about ownership of our journey and our story. Throughout my 15 years in higher education, I've been able to build some amazing programs to support students of color and first-generation students. I believe these programs are my legacy, and through them, I was able to make my seat at the table. But it's also about creating our own table and sharing it with others. I want this podcast to not only be a safe space, but also a community for everyone looking to cultivate their space. As a Black woman, that is important to me. Every Tuesday, we'll explore topics based on challenges we experience in work and in life. I'll share stories and tips on how others have overcome, as well as myself. The episodes will be 30 minutes or less. And I think for me, I like podcasts, but sometimes when I see the length of the episode is, you know, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, more than 90 minutes... I usually don't listen to it. I believe you can get a lot of information into a 20, 30 minute session, especially if you're focused and you get right to the point. I want 
this to be something that you can listen to and then really take the time to reflect and implement. Um, You know, I have sometimes a short attention span. And even if I'm watching a movie, I can focus for like the first 20, 30 minutes. And after that, I start multitasking and I miss information. And so that's why I really want to make sure that this is a shorter, more condensed um, podcast. Some episodes may be two, three sessions long, but that's because I want it to be easier for you to digest and really make sure that you're able to make changes that you need to for your own life. So before we get started with future episodes and really diving into some more heartier topics, I want to make sure that you all know a little bit about me. I think it's important that if I'm going to share this all this information that you get to know a little bit about me. So I created a top 10 things about me. Number one, in my free time, I love to craft and bake. I've been doing both since I was very young, probably five or six years old. And for me, they're both a way to just relax, de-stress, and not think about anything else because you really do have to concentrate on what you're doing. When you're crafting, you want to make sure that everything is in the right place. Even if you're doing something that's a little bit more freestyle, you still want to focus on making sure that you're creating what you had in your mind. The same with baking. Baking is a little bit more precise where if you miss an ingredient, you measure too much, too little. If you've seen the show Nailed It, you see what the end result can be. So for me, it just allows me to focus on something else and my brain is able to turn off everything else that may be going on. And that's something that we'll definitely explore further in um, upcoming episodes because I think it's important to have something to relieve that stress. And I'm lucky enough that I do have a room in my house that I can store my craft supplies and do my crafts. And so we'll definitely explore different ways to manage self-care in a future episode. Number two is that I'm originally from upstate New York and now I live in Philadelphia. I've been in Philadelphia for over 20 years at this point. I grew up in Albany, New York and came to Philadelphia for college and have yet to leave. I live right in the city, so it's great because I can walk to a lot of places or take public transportation because parking in the city is not always the best. I think Philly's also a great place because there's a lot of food. I love food. I'm a foodie and I can get pretty much any cuisine I want within Philadelphia. There's always so many things to do. Number three thing about me, or the third thing, I used to be a huge bookworm. I would always read, always be seen reading. In fact, uh, I started wearing glasses in the fourth grade because I would read and hold the book all the way up close to my face. And my parents were worried that I couldn't see. It wasn't that I couldn't see. It was just I was engrossed in the book. I was enjoying what I was doing. And that's one thing that I do miss and I do want to get back to doing more. 
you know, through the years, undergrad, grad school, master's, doctorate, I did a lot of reading, but it wasn't reading for fun. And I do miss that. Um, Last year, I did a challenge with myself to read one book a month. And I started out great. And then quarantine hit. And I just lost focus. It is something I plan to get back to. I went to Harriet's Bookshop yesterday in Philadelphia and got a book. So far, I've read two books this year, so I'm looking forward to getting back to that challenge. Number four, uh, and you might kind of guess this from a couple of uh, number one and uh, number three, I'm an introvert. I am not really into crowds. I'm not really into a lot of networking and socializing. I understand the importance of those things as an adult, as a, as a professional, and I do them, but I make sure that they are experiences where I know I'm going to get something out of it, or I know it's going to benefit me in some way. I really do need that time after I kind of flip that extrovert switch to be able to decompress, process, relax. That definitely helps keep me uh, stable. I think another benefit to being an introvert that not everyone appreciates or recognizes is the power that we have. I am a huge observer. I not only listen with my ears, I listen with my eyes. I'm watching. I'm taking everything in. I may not be showing expressions or verbal responses, but I'm understanding what's going on and I'm processing and I'm really just thinking through processes, best way to approach it, trying to see if there's a way to kind of poke holes to make sure that whatever we're talking about, you know, for building something new, that all contingencies are thought about. So I definitely encourage all of my introverts to not be ashamed to be an introvert, to really use that as your superpower, use that to your advantage. Number five, um, and I'm really proud of this title for myself, is that I am a first-generation college graduate. Neither one of my parents have a four-year bachelor's degree, and so that's what makes me a first-generation student. It was something that I didn't really know was a thing until I started working in higher education. Uh, I knew I wanted to get into higher education to work with students like myself, students who their parents didn't go to college. They just kind of figured it out by stumbling, falling, and hoping that everything would be okay. I wanted students not to have to go through all of that. I'm proud to be first generation because I know my parents didn't have all the same opportunities that they made sure that my brother and I had. It's the whole concept of the American dream, families wanting their children to have more than they did. And I definitely took that to heart and always kept that in mind. I made sure that even though there were times where I may have kind of fell off a little bit, 
but I made sure my college experience was my college experience. If And if anything went wrong, I can easily blame it on myself and not say it was because of someone else. Um, and I think that's an important thing as well is to make sure that you own your journey and that you take ownership of your journey. Number six, not only did I go on to get a master's degree, but I also have my doctorate in education. And I was lucky enough to have my master's thesis and my dissertation turned into programs and used to reinvent programs that already existed. I think it's important to not just spend the time doing the research and writing the papers, but then taking those and making something out of it. So whether it is just a small piece of a program or creation of a new program, being able to follow through with what you've created will help make you successful. Number seven, the way to my heart is with coffee and wine. I always start my day with a cup of coffee. And through right before the pandemic hit, I had just started getting into pour over coffee. So I would um, get whole beans, gr- I have a little machine to grind them, and then just you know pour the hot, hot water over the coffee. And there's such a difference in taste than when you use a machine. And I cannot go back to having a brewed coffee from a pot or any other method. I have to have pour over coffee now. And luckily with the pandemic working from home, I have that time. And once I go back, I'll still do pour over coffee. I know that it's only an additional five minutes in my morning. That's easy enough to to implement. So I've become a little bit of a coffee snob. I also enjoy a nice glass of red wine at the end of the day. Not every day, uh, but definitely the majority of the time, just a nice cab or Malbec, just to sit back, kick back, relax on wine with dinner. Um, definitely have gotten into wine over the, I would say maybe the past 10, 15 years, because my friends and I love to go wine tasting which leads me into number eight, outside of my biological family, my college friends have been some of my biggest supporters. Um, And not just my biggest supporters. I think as a group, we definitely support each other. We are there when we win. We are there when we lose. Um, Always just there, which is, I think, important. I always tell students that I work with to find your tribe. Uh, I've met all of these women in college and 20 plus years later, we are friends. We are probably closer now than before, thanks to the pandemic, uh, because we started group chats. We have Zoom calls every once in a while. Before the pandemic, we would spend time going wine tasting. We would rent a limo and the limo would take us to four or five different wineries. We'd just, you know, have fun for the day, and then we'd go get dinner, and then we'd make our way back to our respective houses. 
Number nine, I enjoy watching reality TV and I know I'm not alone. My friends and I have a group chat to discuss the Married at First Sight episodes. Um, I think currently they're in Atlanta. We've gone so far as to schedule Zoom calls to process what's been going on in the seasons. It's been great. I appreciate reality TV because it allows me to be grateful for the things that I have and also be grateful for the things that I don't have. There's the saying, more money, more problems. And I feel like that does play out a lot on reality TV, or at least they want us to believe that because some people are being portrayed as having more money than they probably really have. I am happy with what I have. I have a house, I have a car, I have a job. I don't need much more than that. I'm able to pay my bills, especially those student loan bills. I told y'all I got three degrees. Um, And that's, yeah, who wouldn't want a little bit more? But I am grateful for what I do have and that I'm able to take care of myself without any drama. So thank you, Reality TV. Last but not least, back in the, I guess it was the early 70s, my grandparents were featured in the local newspaper where they lived. And the title of the article was a quote from my grandfather, and it said, whatever you want to be, be the best. And he was saying it as what his philosophy was in raising my father and my aunt and uncles, is that That was his dream for them. And I didn't know about this article until I was in maybe my mid to late 20s. And I actually have a copy of the article. Throughout my life, I always strove to be the best. Not that I was super competitive and had to always have the best grade in the class or the best this in the class. I just wanted to make sure that I was always successful, that whatever I was doing was going to help me get to the next level. And I didn't realize that I was living my grandfather's legacy to whatever you want to be, be the best. And that has been not just when I was in school, but even now as a professional, always looking at what can I do to help me get to that next level. For a couple years, I've wanted to create this podcast. I've kind of started and stopped. I've had various ideas. They didn't always sit well. The one thing that's been consistent is using my voice. I haven't done that a lot throughout my life and in my career. And I want to be able to not only share my voice, but help others share and amplify their voice. And that's where my grandfather's quote comes in. It's not just that I want to do this thing. I have a long-term goal in mind. I want to be able to empower other people to share their voice, to find their fit, to cultivate their space, to make their seat at the table. Better yet, to make your own table and fill it up with people who you can support and who can also support you. 
So I'm looking forward to this new journey and I'm looking forward to you all continuing on this journey with me in the weeks to come. Thanks for tuning in for this episode of Cultivating Our Space. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tasha Online and visit my website at cultivatingourspace.com and make sure to subscribe to our newsletter. See you all next week.